Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. How are we doing? Yes. Man, and live stream, what's up? Yo? Hello. And all everybody online. Hey, and upstairs as well. Give a shout out for these guys too. Hello, how are we doing? Man, it's good to be. It's good to be here. It's good to be back. I know for some of you guys who've been visiting for the last three weeks, you're like, uh, so I've heard a rumor that there was a, this little Pakistani guy who was the lead pastor of Mosaic, but I have not heard him speak for three weeks. Yes. Listen, it's summer and I need a break. Okay. I mean, you guys are great, but you're a handful. You're a handful. No, it's good to take a break, but we are starting a brand new series called Open table. Have you heard of the app? Have anybody used the app? Anybody? Let me know on chat as well. You use the app? I've never used the app. No, no, no. We have not. I've not. I'm not that coordinated as in I don't think in advance. And it's used for people who want like you want an open table right now. But I just it's too much technology for me, people. I just like to go drive somewhere and say, oh, you're not open. Okay. And we'll go somewhere else. Like that's how I do it. Uh, that's, that's, my, that's the beauty about our relationship with Ashley because she, Ashley was like, okay, where are we going? And I'm like, yeah, we're just going to go somewhere. She's like, you want to call them and see if they're open? No. Why do we do that? Why do we? There's no risk involved, friends. Life is an adventure. That's closed. That's closed. That's closed. It's a two-hour wait. Why? Like what? What are they doing? Like what's going on? But anyways, the title of um, uh, the series is definitely inspired by the app, but, but the content actually is inspired by the life of Jesus. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus had an open table policy in his life. Like he always invited people to his table. Everybody was invited to his table and he would show up to anybody's table. And in fact, he got criticized for that fact. And so I just thought, what if we lived our lives like that? What if we were to go, okay, okay, well, let's think about this because isn't it true though that a lot of our lives are centered around tables? It is. Like, a kitchen table, a business table, a party table. Have you ever been to a table and wanted to move tables? Have you ever hung out with friends? You're like, oh, this is awesome. And then you looked at some other people and they were having a lot more fun. A lot more fun. And you're like, I want to switch tables. I know some of you guys are like, I want to be on that table, right? If you've been to a wedding, you've been to a wedding, you're like, we're sitting here. Really? Number 16? What, what's Number eight seems better, like they're having, you know, all the, like what's going on here? And we navigate this in life, like early on, we want to be a certain table. And when you get into a profession, you want to be at the right table, right? You want to be at the table with, with a voice, with influence. Man, it's a life is about tables. No wonder Jesus left, spent his life around tables. If you don't know this, if you read the scriptures, if you read scriptures, you'll realize this. Jesus is either going to a table, as in a meal, 
um, or coming from a table or a meal, or, is, uh, or, just came, or just left a table. Like, his life is all around tables, and also it's around food, too. Have you noticed that? Jesus is always having a meal. He's always, I think he's a foodie. Anybody, any foodies in the house? I think he would be the foodie. Like, he would know where, where to go. He would definitely have an app called Open Table. He's like, let's go here. I know, what, I know this is going to be a good experience. He was a guy who was convinced that life change happens, and in fact, actually, redemption happens when we create tables. No wonder Jesus creates a table versus other gods and religions create altars. Because he knows, he knows that when we get around the table, things can change. So what if, what if we were to look at the life of Jesus and go, uh, what does this look like for us? What, what would it look like for us to understand what he is doing and then actually begin to live like him, live a life that's, that's, um, that's an open, open table? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go into a passage, and we don't do this um, often, I would say, but we are going to go to a passage. Like, it's funny. We don't go to a passage often. No, that's not true. We go to the Bible often. We do that. No, we, we, we go, you know, we, one particular passage. We're going to go to one particular passage. So if you've got your Bibles, if you've got an iPhone, not an iPhone, you've got any device, you want to just pretend you have one, whatever, whatever the case might be, um, this is where we're going to go. We are going to go to Luke chapter 14. Online, friends, uh, you can obviously pick it up. The host will help you as well. Host, you guys are amazing, by the way. Okay, so uh, Luke chapter 14. And what we're going to do for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to go like all the way from verse 1 to verse 24. We're going to go verse by verse. And some of you guys who grew up in church, you kind of know this idea. The term is called exegesis. You guys know that term, right? Anybody? Yes? For those of you who don't know, and you're like, extra Jesus? Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're going to put some extra Jesus on the scriptures, and we're just going to have some fun. No, we're going to take them, not verse by verse, but kind of, kind of a couple of verses. But this morning, though, uh, good for you. It's just going to be one verse. So the first word, verse, okay? Let's do it. Let's, in fact, let's do this. We haven't done this in a while. If it's okay with you guys, we're going to read it together. You're like, what? Yeah, it's a short word, verse. Okay, I picked this on purpose. Okay, on purpose. So it's Luke 14, verse 1. It should be on the screen for you as well and all that jazz. Okay, let's go. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being watched carefully. Oh, carefully watched. Sorry, I'm dyslexic, by the way. I don't know if you guys know this. I switch things. I really am. But anyways, um, it's fun being dyslexic and bilingual. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, uh, yeah. Sometimes I give a number for my name. No, no, anyways. No, this, it's whatever, whatever. Okay, let's just jump into this, okay? So what do we see here? There's so many things going on. Number one, it's Sabbath. So it's a religious uh, day. It's, uh, the context is extremely filled, spiritual. Um, people uh, back in the ancient days would take the, it. It was like a religious day off. But Jesus is obviously working, okay? But then he says is he goes and he went to a house of a prominent Pharisee. So a Pharisee is, again, a religious leader. And if you know the life of Jesus, and especially about the, where he would hang, hang out, he would go to tables of sinners, saints, um, and the sick, 
you know? So, and this one is obviously so-called saints. So what's happening? What's happening is that he's going to a table, and the table is a Pharisee table. He's going to a meal there, and the, th- the thought that he was being carefully watched is because there are always, always people on the other side who have a problem with Jesus being or going to a table, a particular table. In life, it's the same thing. When you and I choose to create a life that invites people into our lives, there are certain people who are going to judge you. And if you don't know, you're being carefully watched. Friends, you're being carefully watched. People look now on Instagram and on social media and what they're doing. They're trying to be entertained by your life. Have you ever thought, man, I need to post something that will get a lot of likes? Anybody? Really? We're going to be talking about lying next week. Okay? Because it just can't be me. So it's, it's, it's true because we go, okay, people are, being, are watching us. They're watching what we do, what we don't do. It's, it's true. But here, the dynamic with Jesus is, is that when he would do uh, a meal with a Pharisee, guess who else? All the other people, the non-religious people, are ticked off. And when he would eat with the so-called sinners, what? People would say he's eating with what? Yeah, unclean, sinners, eating with all kinds of different people. So regardless where he went, he'd always get criticized, but yet he still did this. Why did he keep doing this? Again, why? Because I believe that Jesus was intentionally trying to teach us what it looks like to be human, to be people who reflect the image of God. Because the truth is, I want to give you this up front, you and I are going to be challenged by either trying to live our lives um, uh, keeping up with our image or reflecting his. Like it's, that, it kind of boils down to that when it comes to living a life as an open table. Um, you know, several years ago, I was, at a, uh, I was invited to a party and I didn't know a lot of people there. And so I showed up and uh, it, it, was, it was a house party I was not late, but anyways, I couldn't find a parking spot, uh, and I was trying to look for a spot, and I noticed another car was looking for a spot. Have you ever been in a relationship with, that, with another car, right? Like, you're trying to, like, okay, who's going to get it first? Who's going to get it first? And you want to be generous, but you don't really want to be generous. You're like, like, you take it. No, no, you don't take it. It's my spot. It's, it's one of those negotiations. So I noticed that I had this short relationship with this other car. I go, okay, okay, okay. Finally, we both car par- got parking uh, because I prayed. Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I walked out of the car, and these two ladies walked out, and um, they obviously, obviously had stuff with them. And then I was like, oh, I'm probably going to help them. So I uh, walked out, and I walked towards them, and I saw all the stuff they were bringing to the party. It was cartons and cartons of alcohol. It was, there was so much alcohol. It was only alcohol. It wasn't even chips. It was just alcohol. <laughs> I was like, we're going to the same party? All right? And we're going to the same party. And they were like, um, and then I looked at them, and they looked at me, and they're like, like, the look was, are you going to help? And I was like, yeah, 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 I'm going to help, I'm going to help. Yeah, you want, and I did, the, I did the whole, like, hey, do you want some help? You know, have you ever done that when you don't really mean it? Like, you're hoping the person says, no, I'm good. Like, can I help you with that? And they go, yes, of course. And in my head, I'm going, I've never been to this party. I'm walking in with cartons of alcohol. And here's the problem. My problem is my image. I'm a pastor, people. I am. Now, Jesus gets away with the whole turning water into wine all day long. 
But when I was growing up into the ministry, there was an image to keep up. I was told, you got an image. You cannot say that, do that, go there. You cannot hang with these people. You cannot be out at this time. Like, it was like all kinds of things. You're like, where did you go? Yeah, it was serious. There was a, there was a, there, there was a look to a pastor. There was a, this is the image of a pastor. Now, I gave that up, obviously, a long time ago. <laughs> you guys are like, really? That's the image? I gave it up. I gave it up. Okay. I couldn't keep up with it anyway. So, so yeah, I had an issue. Why? Because I was concerned. So I walk in and exactly the, the way I thought it would play out, it did play out. I walk in with these two ladies and I got alcohol with me and I just smile, walk in. Hey. And the first reaction, the first two seconds were people looking at me and go, Hey. And I was like, Hey. And I think I made a joke about something, and I was really bothered by the fact that, that I have continually um, uh, struggled with that. Like, there are certain people in my life, sometimes I go, I don't know if I want to be associated with them. I don't know if I want, to take a, I want you to take a picture with me with these people, because I think, I, I, well, I know I'm being carefully watched, and I have an issue with that. I have an issue with that because I, I'm not quite sure if I want that. Do you have people in your life, you think, that you're like, I don't want to open my table up to them because I have an image. I don't want to be associated with them because I don't agree with them. That's okay. That's okay. But I don't even like them. Or are there people in your life right now? Is there family members in your life right now? Is there be business people in your life right now Is in any arena of your life that you refuse to sit with them? You refuse to have a meal with them. Could you imagine, though, could you imagine if politicians even, for a second, would forget about their image and their next elections and go, I want to sit with people. Let's sit with everybody. Let's figure this out. You know what happens when people refuse to sit with, each, with different people, with different ideas? People suffer. People suffer all day long. The community suffers. Innovation breaks down. It stops. Everything stops when people go, I refuse to sit with you. I refuse to do that. I refuse to do that. And I don't think we understand the power behind that. Uh, there was a, there's, an, there's an author, his name is Fonz uh, Johannesburg, and he wrote a book called The Medici Effect. Now, the title of the book, Medici Effect, is, comes from the Medici dynasty. So it was an Italian family that lived a long time ago, extremely wealthy. And um, they did something. They, uh, the, the, the family actually commissioned uh, artists and sculptors, but also physicians and uh, astrologers, all to come and live in a particular city for a while because they were trying sort of an experiment. They wanted different um, uh, crafts to come together, and they wanted to just see what would happen. Now, obviously, they had their own purposes, but that experiment led to the Renaissance period. It led to so much innovation, all because one family that paid for people to come and live in the city. People who had different professions, people who had different practices, they, they were in different fields, they had nothing in common, but yet they came together. You see, back in those days, if you were a particular person, if you did this particular job or this particular field, you would never interact with artist if you were a farmer, if you would never act, interact with like a sculptor if you were, you know, maybe a politician, you, you would not do that. 
But if you begin to live in the same city and all of a sudden now you're sitting at the same table and eating with those different kinds of people, all of a sudden innovation just broke out. Creativity broke out. I think not just, not just uh, when people, you know, suffering is in stake. No, uh, innovation's at stake. I wonder if you and I, even the church would say, oh, you know what, it doesn't matter how you do what you do in denominational lines and all that. We're all at this one table. We're all going to sit together and we're all going to discuss this. You see, if, when we don't do this, when we don't do, we, when we refuse to sit with a family member, because right now there are some of you like, I refuse to sit with them. Okay, I, get, I get that. I get that. It's toxic. Um, you're like, I'll do coffee, but not a meal. Okay. I know. There's some people, I'm like, I'm, there's no way I'm having a meal with you. Because a meal is a commitment. Right? Yeah. A coffee is like, I'm done. Oh, I'm done. Hey, I gotta go. See ya. Right? That's why in dating, always go with coffee first, people. Write that down. <laughs> do not do a meal. Yes. Write it down. Thus sayest the Lord. Do not. I'm not joking, 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 but it's true. Um, no, it's easy, but a meal is, is, is different. It's meal is different. And you guys, have to, you guys have to figure this out. But like in ancient tradition, though, especially in Jewish culture, um, and this is the that's why it's, Jesus did this, and it's, it, was so, it was so brilliant, but it was so controversial. See, in ancient Jewish tradition, which most of Jesus' followers grew up with, their, their grandparents practiced this, you would have a meal with anyone like, as in you would have a meal with a friend or a acquaintance or, or, um, or a sort of friend, but here's what you would do. You would refuse to have a meal with an enemy. You would never have a meal with an enemy. When you refuse to have a meal with someone, you're basically saying you're the enemy. Like, if you read the Old Testament, have you heard of these, uh, these, these guys who were cupbearers? Have you heard of cupbearers? Do you know what they did? Cupbearers did a lot of things, but one of the things they did was they tested the wine of the king. Why? Because meals were where you killed off your enemies. It was an easy way to poison them. It was easy. And so when you say, I refuse to eat with you, you're not saying this, but you're basically implying you're my enemy. See, I wonder, I wonder how many people even translate that right now. How many people, the, your soul understands that? Like when you refuse to meet with me or you refuse to be at the same table or you refuse, you are just calling not the problem the enemy, you're calling me the enemy. So all of a sudden, here's what we have, right? We have in, in, in every arena, we have people who are against our idea or against, like for even, let's just take, um, and, uh, let's just take, um, uh, let's take uh, systemic racism, for example. If when we refuse to sit at a table and discuss this, what you're saying is, I'm not going to sit with you because you're the enemy. This group is the enemy. These people are the enemy. When humanity makes themselves the enemy, it's over, friends. It's over. Jesus prayed like, hey, 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 listen, listen, listen. Other humans are not the enemy. I'm not saying they're not bad people in the world and there are people who are intent on evil. I'm not saying that. But people are not the enemy when it comes to big issues. It's, it's the ideology that's the enemy. It's the, it's, the, it's the toxic theology that's the enemy. It's not people. 
As soon as you go, I'm not sitting with you. I'm not going to have a meal. I'm not going to discuss the issues. You just stop everything. And Jesus is saying, hey, hey, I'm going to show the world. This is the brilliance of Jesus. I'm going to show the world what it looks like. So he starts off, check this out. He starts off having meals with everyone. What is he saying theologically? What is he saying spiritually? God is not your enemy. You are not God's enemy. Guess what? God will eat with you. Oh, I'm horrible. I've done. God will eat with you. 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 Because, because here, here's the thing. There's a big difference between creating, in a sense, a table versus an altar. Now, I grew up with, uh, I grew up with uh, uh, Hindus. Best friend is uh, Arvind Kumar Marva. I, I don't know why I said that, but like, like, like that. But anyways, he's, uh, he's in India right now. But uh, yeah, so growing up in his house, his, they practiced, you know, uh, uh, Hinduism. And uh, I was Muslim, those of you who don't know. But, you know, we were just kids and all that. And so they would ha- have idols and they would do their puja, which is their worship. And uh, the, the mom, his mom would always say, oh, uh, beta, which is son, uh, you want some prasad. Now, prasad, if those of you who know what that is, right, obviously. No, okay. Yeah, uh, prasad is the food that's given to idols. Uh, like, offered to them, and then you take a little bit, and then it's kind of blessed, and then you give it to the people, because prasad is, like, basically, it's called favor of God. Uh, so you, you eat the favor. And it's kind of very symbolic, uh, kind of a cool um, practice. But um, when I remember, I remember the idea of uh, worshiping idols. You see, and it's not just Hinduism that practices. I think a lot of people do. In fact, I think Christians have the most idols, um, and they worship them. Uh, what they do is they find something, and they make that the, the all thing, and they worship, and they put their affection and their attention to that, and they create idols. Uh, I think humanity has always wanted to create idols. I mean, the problem with idols is this, is that if you take, for example, what it even looks like, um, it, it's basically the centerpiece of worship. And sometimes uh, in an idol, there's some kind of a throne scenario in some cases. And so a, th- a, a, a throne is pretty much a chair, isn't it? But a chair becomes a throne when it's the centerpiece and it's in the focus and it's the biggest thing and everybody else is below. And that's an altar. And I think... For so many of us, we are used to even God as an altar, that we come to him. And I get the, I get the, get the language, I get the songs we sing, I get that. I'm not trying to change our view of like this majestic, supreme God who's above all things that needs, not needs, but de- deserves all worship. I'm not getting to that. But I'm talking about the life of Jesus. He particularly took a chair, which was his throne, and he moved it and put it alongside another table and said, you have a chair, and you have a chair, and you have a chair, and you have a chair. By the way, I'm going to get tortured and killed, but before I get tortured and killed, let's have a meal together, let's communion together. I'm going to sit at the table with you. And by the way, just just so you know, I'm telling you this. The enemy, the enemy, the one who is going to uh, uh, deceive me, the one who is going to betray me, I still let him sit at my table. I mean, that should fundamentally 
reshape your view of who God is. If there's a universe, okay, if there's something that's intelligent, okay, if there's something that's controlling this, yes, okay, who is this personality? My friends, Jesus explains this to us. See, that's the beautiful thing about Jesus. He comes in and makes altars, tables for humanity. And he's asking us to do the same. That's what hangs in the balance. So if that did, I mean, if it, was, if it was not for innovation, but actually true redemption, what would it look like for you to go, I'm going to call that person. I'm going to say okay to that lunch. I'm going to invite them again. All right, all right. Our table is open again. I'm going to do that. What, what, would, what would that happen? If, you, if we lived our lives not trying to get to a particular table, I just, I just, if I could just, if I just arrived there. The reason is, the problem is, is that table that you want to get to is an altar. You've, you've been worshiping for so long. But I just want to hit this mark in my business. I just want to hit, the, I get all of that. Let's go for it. Let's do that. But while you're doing that, make sure you're living the way that God wants you to live. That Jesus shows us to live. He shows us by by sitting with people who we disagree with, being willing to sit while we are carefully being watched and judged by other people. And what would it look like for us to be that courageous? I think it would change the game for us. It would. It would change the game for us, but I think it would also change the game of how we see other people as well. I was recently at a, at a funeral, a guy, last week, uh, a friend of mine, I knew him for 28 years, uh, met him the first year I came to the States, uh, he was a Pakistani guy, a Jesus follower, and uh, he was just a f- infectious man, he was just a great guy, uh, his name is Bobby Bahadur, and uh, Bahadur is, uh, actually means courageous, but this guy was, his smile was amazing, he introduced me to, to my, um, the first, like, uh, Pakistani, Urdu, Indian worship song. Anyways, anyways. Uh, but this guy was known for like inviting people, different people in his life. He was known for creating uh, a table in a sense. Now, I never never thought of that that way, but I saw it in his funeral. Like at his funeral, I noticed something that, that, that there were like different kinds of people there. Like sometimes when I go to like, in a sense, Christian funerals, everybody's sort of Christian. Everybody says the same Christian things. But this guy, he worked for Delta for 30 years or so, and, and he had different kinds of people saying things. So you have like really fa- fascinating people like Jesus followers and all that. And then you had people who were like, I don't know if there's a God out there, but man, I know this guy. And like, it was really fascinating. And at the end, uh, outside when we were leaving, this lady came up to me. She's, she was a Pakistani Muslim. She introduced herself, and she's like, I've been wanting to meet you for so long. And I was like, oh, okay. Sweet woman, smart. I mean, just, you know. And she's in Charleston. I was in Charleston. And she worked for MUSC. And uh, she's like, uh, I mean, want to meet you because I just wanted to know for myself. And I was like, okay. I was like, what? She was like, you know what? You're the same guy who used to work at this other church, right? I'm like, yeah, it was Seacoast Church in Charleston. She's like, you know what? I heard something once that you said, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I really felt like you were really um, disrespectful to Muslims. And uh, she said, I think you meant that, but I'm not quite sure. And I've been stalking you like I stalk my kids. 
And I was like, okay. And she says, I just wanted to know. Because I've read some of your other stuff and seen you online a little bit more. And I just wanted to know, are you this person? Because the image of you, I was like, there's no way this guy is like this. I don't think you're judgmental. I don't think you're this kind of uh, person. And then she said, and she, uh, it felt like I was just, I was not in the conversation. I was just there. She was just talking to herself, you know. <laughs> Have you been in those conversations? I was like, okay, okay, oh, okay. And see you, bye. Like, I don't know what to do. And she goes, you know what? But I know it. I knew it. I knew it. And right now, I'm just telling you right now, I look at you and we're having this conversation. I'm like, I haven't said anything. But, and she goes, she goes, I like you. She, I got it. She was like this small little lady. She's like, I like you. I know you're just like my beta's son. And I'm like, and uh, I said, okay. She's like, I just wanted to know. I said, okay. She's like, yeah, okay. All right. She's like, here's my number. I was like, okay, here, take my number. She texted me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what's happening here? And the way it was crazy is that she wanted to make sure that the image she thought of me was not, she just had a question about it. And as soon as she's like, I need to have a conversation with this guy. I need to be close to him. I need to have a talk to him because I want to make sure that am I really truly judging this guy, his character? You see, I think that you and I have the liberty to assume and judge people all day long because they're far away from us. But when you get close, you're confronted with who they really are. And then you get to decide. I think for some of us, we would rather just sit in a place and judge and judge and judge and criticize and criticize and look at that and what do you buy about this? What about this? What about that? I can't believe this. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Why are you not doing this? Why are you not? You can do it all day long. You get them close, it changes the game. Because all of a sudden you're like, oh, you're, you're another person. Oh, you didn't mean to say that. I told her, I, she was like, I think you said this like about like 20 years ago. I was like, listen, I don't even believe some of the stuff I said 20 years ago. Like, like what? I don't know what I was saying 20 years ago. Like, what? And she's like, oh, man, so good. I wonder how many relationships are at, uh, um, kind of at a, at a crossroads right now in your life. Let me, let me just say this, okay? Let me just say this. Sadly in life, and th those of you who are watching online, this is, this is definitely something you need to remember too. Sadly in life, you know what brings people from different, um, um, not backgrounds, but different lifestyles, different ideas, ideologies, uh, just different philosophies, lifestyles together? You know what brings family members uh, back, uh, people who are not really... They don't like each other. They don't celebrate holidays. They don't, um, they don't really gather together. They don't, they don't really, you know, do anything together, honestly. Um, you know what brings people back, like people who are, like, kind of on the fringes, maybe you haven't seen them in, like, 15 years, 10 years, 5 years? You know what? Death. Death does. Sadly, it's death. A funeral brings brings everybody at the table. All of a sudden, you're having uh, a reception after the funeral. You're, you're in the same house with people you've never, you promise you'll never be at. And what, I've heard this, and people go, man, this funeral really brought the family together. Now, I'm grateful for that. But are we gonna allow death to bring us together? Are we going to live our lives that we only allow death and sorrow and pain to create an open table in our lives?
I mean, we can do better. What if we allowed joy and forgiveness and celebration? Uh, what, 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 what if we allowed life to bring us to the table? A great experience to bring us to the table. A, a, hey, listen, I know I'll never get a sorry from you, but it's okay. Hey, I know you're going to sit at this table and eat my food and then betray me for money. It's okay. This, right now, though, we're going to sit. What if we lived our lives bringing, uh, allowing life to bring us at the table? I mean, that's, that's what Jesus wants to do in us. That's what he's asking us to do. So, so who is it, right? Who is it? What table? What table in your life that you go, okay, okay, if I'm going to reflect his image versus protecting my image, who needs to come? Who should I invite? Who is allowed? And whose table am I willing to go to? Jesus was being carefully watched. Of course he was. And he was intentionally going to a Pharisee's house on Sabbath. Now, week two, we're going to talk, because the story even gets crazier after that. Like, at the meal, we're going to find out what happens. And there's so much of Jesus' life and teachings in there. But friends, Jesus is calling us, teaching us what it looks like to live a, a fulfilling life. And it starts with us creating open tables because he created an open table for us. And so, before I end, I want to ask you, if you've never felt invited or asked to be at Jesus' table, if you never thought that, you are invited, regardless of who you are, regardless of what you believe and what you... I mean, if Judas is invited to the table, then my friend, you are invited to the table. In fact, there's a passage of scripture, Jesus is talking to a bunch of his people, and he says this. He says, Matthew 8, 11, he says, I tell you, many will come from, from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, even, like the finale, is a feast. Again, a table. Again, a meal. I mean, if Jesus isn't a foodie, then God is. Come to the table. And he's saying, hey, I don't know about you, but he's talking, to, he's talking about the east and west. And in particular, he's telling to Jewish people, hey, I know that you think that only Jewish people are allowed to sit at, with our ancestors. The only Jewish people had the privilege and the honor and the right to sit with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But I'm telling you, people are going to come from the east and the west. People, all kinds of people are going to come, and they're going to be invited. So friends, you're invited to come. What does that mean? That means you go, you know what, I think, yeah, I want to. And for some of you, it might be, Jesus, I want to, I want to know you. That's your prayer. That's just it. I want to know you. And for others of you, it might be, Jesus, I'm coming. I want to sit at this table. I want to know you. So let's pray together. Can we do that? Lord God, we thank you for this conversation. We thank you, Lord God, that, that your life is 
truly uh, a reflection of who this, this massive God is. Jesus, I thank you for your life. I thank you that um, you create a way for us to be seated at the table of God. That there are scriptures after scriptures. There are documents after documents. There are quotes after quotes of you declaring again and again that you have taken us and seated us in heavenly places, in heavenly places tables even now so Jesus I know there's some of us right now who have never really crossed the line of of faith never really said yes to a table with Jesus always looked at it and looked at people sitting at the table enjoying themselves or just going through life or or just you've just noticed people at the table never really felt that you were invited in God I thank you a guy like me is invited in a person who grew up in a very different faith who grew up in the in the Middle East but yet so far away from you and you invited me in so God I pray that some of us this morning as they're even watching this later on would say Jesus I give you my life I'm saying yes to the invitation would you would you reveal to me who you are would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Would you forgive my sins? Would you allow me to know you? God, I pray that that would be a prayer today. And God, for others of us, I pray for courage that while we are being watched with the world, we would not, we would not protect and be anxious about our image. But we will reflect your image. Proclaim your image. Live out your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.